Welcome to The Nest Show, the podcast that brings you insights into the crypto market, trading and investment experiences, and what we're looking forward to as we navigate the space together. Today, we adopt a necessarily broader market perspective as the coronavirus pandemic sparks fear and mounting panic across global markets. If you find yourself grasping for a strategy during these unprecedented times, today's podcast is for you as we address the systemic factors that have taken us to where we are today and will drive us to where we will be in the months and years to come. To tackle this immense subject matter, we're joined by two guests uniquely suited to this discord. Mark Moss is a fundamental analyst, entrepreneur, experienced trader, and content creator whose contrarian views on gold and silver are truly unmissable. Crypto Burb, or Adrian as you'll hear us refer to him, needs no introduction. He's the founder and chief executive at The Nest Club, from which this podcast draws its namesake. The news cycle has taken on an ever-increasing velocity, but we're here to help you cut through the noise. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Nest Show. What The Nest Show is, this is a podcast brought to you by the Burb Nest community an independent crypto and forex-centered trading community built to sharpen each other in capturing opportunities in the markets while protecting capital along the way. What this is not, trading advice. We are not financial advisors, and you should not regard any information here or in the Nest Club as financial advice. You should always consult a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. All right, everybody, welcome to today's episode of The Nest Show. We are joined today by our illustrious guest, Mark Moss. Mark Moss, who is the content creator for Market Disruptors on YouTube, as well as a fundamental and market analyst. Mark, how are you doing today, man? All things considered, I'm uh, I'm doing awesome. I'm, I'm happy to be here with you guys. Thanks. Right on, and we are so happy to have you. Today, we are also here with Adrian, Crypto Burb himself. Adrian, how are you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks. I got to say, these are unprecedented times. And folks, we could not be living in more interesting times. It seems like every day there's ever increasing volatility in global financial markets and equities markets and precious metals and commodities. So I was so excited that Adrian was able to connect us with Mark Moss today. Mark, you have a renowned expertise in precious metals and in your fundamental analysis of the markets. Would you like to elaborate on how you've changed your day-to-day and what you're really keying into as you are digesting this news cycle? Yeah. So, you know, we're definitely in, in interesting times. And, you know, uh, I always love this quote from Mike Tyson. It's been attributed to Mike Tyson. And he said that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And, um, you know, I love that because uh, we're obviously all getting punched in the face. And, you know, myself personally, I've trained martial arts for most of my life and a lot of kickboxing and stuff. And I can really tell you, like, you feel pretty good until you get punched in the face and then then everything goes goes down the tubes. And so nothing can really take the place of experience. And so, you know, I'm 45 now. I started investing in 1995 after the, you know, big crash from 89 to 92. So I, I rose from the ashes uh, there. Um, I, I started doing like day trading on internet stocks, those new things called internet stocks in the late nineties. My roommate quit his job and we were at home doing it. And then that whole market crashed in 2000 spectacularly. I started my first e-commerce business in 2001 and everyone thought it was the stupidest idea in the world, but it was a massive success for me. You know, I went through 2008 and so here we are again and I, and so 
I've been punched in the face a couple times. And one thing that I've realized is that uh, from experience is that, you know, unfortunately, and I I don't take any joy in this, but unfortunately, most people are going to lose everything. It's going to be really, really bad for most people. But for those people that are watching or paying attention, your entire life can also change for the better. I mean, this is the time where fortunes are made, empires are built. After being kind of nervous and anxious for the last couple of weeks, you know, mostly concerned with the world, I just decided, you know what, I just got to double down on everything I'm doing. And I'm going to use this as an opportunity to, to reach out, help as many people as I possibly can um, and, and, you know, try to try to change things for the better. I'm so happy to hear that, Mark. And you are uniquely equipped, as you said, to respond to this. Adrian, you are in Poland. What's going on there, man? I mean, as far as the quarantine efforts and the local sentiment for the corona response? Yeah, most certainly. So this is not really getting any anything any anywhere different with regard to the quarantine, right? So we're all trying to kind of like stay locked up in homes, as as weird as it sounds. Because I mean, I call it weird because like a month ago or two months ago, you you, you could have never told, right, that you're cause you, that you would be locked up in your house, uh, sitting for, uh, for for the next weeks and months, perhaps, right, until it all just simply vanishes. So yeah, it's um. It's kind of interesting for, uh, I definitely agree this is interesting time and, uh, you know, both losses and wealth can be made. And I am here personally to actually just go and follow the ladder, right? I'm just actually planning to uh, to hit stocks uh, right after the recession uh, to to dive in and not in, in the legit, you know, uh, legit futures and options on, uh, on, on commodities as well. Uh, as the time as the time pretty much has shown so far uh these uh you know the metals the the gold the silver um they tend to work fine they tend to work fine and moon over over there after the recession time and uh i definitely agree with mark that uh as much as sad as as sad as it pretty much gets for for the majority of people uh, because the majority would get like super hard wrecked, I believe, and it does not only apply to to crypto market that is so popular to get wrecked, but to all the legacy markets. You know, future future lives pretty much are just being established right now with regard to the economic situation all over the world. It's not a it's not a game. It's not a fun anymore. Okay, it's just getting extremely serious. There are high chances that there will not be super many other as harsh recessions or events as, as as this one pretty much that is just just simply might develop into something like that what i mean this time is it, this might be once in a lifetime opportunity and uh, lots of wealth can be made lots of uh, loss can be made as well and i just only hope it stays it's it stays within the economic let's say matters right that is just won't go any further to any military stuff that is always somewhere around the around the horizon right whenever the money is just being dealt with so that's that's my main concern but as long as it doesn't happen with regard to any uh you know military aggressions all over the world like nothing of of, of world war the third etc uh then yeah i'm here to make money for 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 the lifetime for the lifelong wealth uh um yeah and i think the success would come from 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 sticking from surviving and from learning that's, that's the key factors. That keys into a quote that I wanted to attribute to Mark here. Sorry if I'm paraphrasing. There is no such thing as perfect timing in the market. There's only good strategy and bad strategy. 
As we get into theoretical space, with the Fed set to issue, at the very least, a $1 trillion stimulus package, and European Central Bank you know, already stating that it's prepared to print unlimited amounts of money, what are some of the key factors that you're looking at and how escalating inflation factors into your personal strategy? You know, a lot to unpack there. You 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 did kind of requote one of my quotes, which I said, uh, there's there's no such thing as good and bad timing only good and bad strategies. And so what I mean by that is that uh, there's always opportunity. You just have to change your strategy. So um, a, a very good, uh, easy example of that would be the market's crashing. So instead of going long, you go short, right? That's just that's just a simple um, explanation. And um, when it comes to investing, you know, I'm a fundamental investor, so I'm not studying technical charts. I'm looking for um, fundamental signs in the market. And I always try to think of um, a quote from the great one, Wayne Gretzky, one of the best hockey players of all time. And he said that they asked him, how are you so good, such a good hockey player or whatever? And he said, uh, I always skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it was. And so um, as an investor, I try to think of where is the puck going to be? Where is the money going to be, right? So what's happening today and what is going to happen in the future because of that, right? So right now, you, you mentioned a bunch of those factors, but the world's cracking apart. You know, the world, they're saying it's because of the coronavirus, but the financial system really started cracking apart about seven months ago. Seven months ago, the, the overnight um, settlements, the repo market basically seized up. And if it wasn't for the Fed injecting $75 billion into the market, it would have been seized up. And that was seven months ago. And then it went to, you know, 75 billion, 100 billion, 200, 300, 500. And now it's a trillion dollars a day just to keep it open. So the coronavirus did not cause this, but it's definitely exaggerating. It's, it's, uh, the economy's ground to a halt. So, um, like Carnival Cruise Lines, like who's going to take a cruise in their right mind? Nobody. And their stock has dropped 80%. So you could have easily shorted that. I mean, two months ago, it was apparent that. The cruise lines, the airline, all travel industry, Hilton hotels, everything was going to go down. So it was an obvious short those sectors, right? And so there was a lot of money to be made in that. Um, and you can look at it, you know, more broadly, like overall, <laughs> is the stock market going to be going up or down? And then you can just bet broadly on the stock market up or down. So those are those are some examples. And then we look at um, back to uh, your next question, which was about you know gold, silver, Bitcoin, etc is then what does this mean moving forward? So, okay, let's say we get through this in a month or two, then then where does the money go? Where's that puck going to be? And so, uh, yeah, I, what happens is right now, the whole world is is going to liquidity. Everyone's trying to get to the dollar. Everyone, uh, the dollar is the strongest thing out there. And so um, everyone is selling anything and everything that can give them that liquidity to go to the dollar. And we have a massive, massive shortage in dollars. And the dollar is getting really, really, really strong. And so that's why we're seeing gold drop. You know, gold fell, gold fell 15% from its high a few weeks ago, which is a massive move for gold. And a lot of people are saying, well, isn't gold supposed to be higher, right? Gold's supposed to go higher. But gold initially falls. And the reason why is because when the dollar's strong, gold is weak. And when the dollar's weak, gold is strong. And right now the dollar's getting strong, so gold's getting weak. And also Bitcoin crashed. But what's interesting is that the very response to that is what makes gold strong. So um, everyone's everyone's going to the dollar right now because everything's crashing. What's the Fed's response? What's the central banks around the world's response? Well, let's turn up the printing presses. We're going to create trillions of dollars of new money, trillions of dollars of debt. Well, that very act is then what 
weakens the dollar and pushes everyone into gold. And I believe it will also push people into Bitcoin. And we can see this. Um, all you have to do is just study history if you're a little bit too young to know this. But in 2008, the market crashed and gold crashed with it. And within seven months, the S&P 500 was down 53%. Gold was down 25%. So half as bad. Um, so they both crashed the same time. Uh, however, gold got back to its previous high in seven months, whereas it took the stock market almost six years. Um, and, and that's because all that stimulus at the bottom to goose the market back up pushed gold through the roof. And I believe we're going to see that with Bitcoin times 10. And the reason why is because, you know, gold has a low inflation amount, but we're going to witness two phenomenons at the same time. One, we're going to see more money printing than we've ever seen in the history of the world. And at the exact same time, we're going to see Bitcoin's um, inflation schedule cut in half. And so uh, we're going to witness both of those in the next 60 days. And it's going to be very interesting. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Uh Adrian, do you have any points to follow up uh, in response to Mark there? Well, first of all, I think that this is a very solid piece of maybe not even an advice because I assume we are not really sharing financial advice here. But uh, I think this is a very fair deal of knowledge from Mark over here. And, uh, and I definitely agree, you know, there is not really plan in endless printing money, right? I mean, controlling inflation is one thing. The fact that everything moves in cycles, right? So... Now uh, the way you the way you steer you govern your your you know your economies all over the world is just by uh, cyclical you know raising and and uh, and decreasing the the interest rates right and uh, and then has the manipulating the inflation and uh, with all that Bitcoin um, was an answer to that in two thousand and eight right in and I believe it was thirty first of October two thousand and eight. It was like about two, three weeks after the Lehman Brothers bank collapsed, right? So it was really about that timing, right? Here, here is the point for, to to demark for about the timing part, and I think the Satoshi Nakamoto did, did have a good timing on on the on the economy, and then the financial industry pretty much like collapsing. And I think you know, and agree, the only way we can gauge on the future. Uh, not knowing the future is to rely on the on the past. Is to rely and learn on the mistakes uh, made by by you know by generations before us. This means this this is all this what this is what brings the entire beauty of you know fundamental analysis of technical analysis uh, with regard to you know stocks crashing from the transportation industry. I think this is this is pretty safe to say you know based on even when we relate that to the Dow theory. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe I shared it on Twitter as well, a chart that uh, that was comparing uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average and Transportation Average, right? Transportational. And uh, when they only start diverging, uh, which was the case in January, okay? Uh, because the Dow, Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, pretty much for stocks climbing up, uh, just simply made higher highs, okay? Made a higher than a higher high. The, at the same time, in transportational average, uh, made a pretty much higher in the lower lower highs, right? So, so they were they they started diverging, which means that logistics and the transportation um, field, the transportation industry, in a way, wasn't really able to catch up with all the demand growing uh, coming from the euphoria state over the market. Right, so if you go if you go and see, uh, see look back into what was happening around with with Tesla just reaching uh, like 
insane, insane monstrous, monstrous values. So around like thousand, thousand dollars per share. Uh, it was like pure euphoria, right? It didn't really, I think, take any any financial degree to to notice what was going on, right? And uh, and yet there are people who are buying that, right? And this is this is pure crowd pressure. This is pure, uh, you know, FOMO. If you are missing out, because that's what happened. That's what's happening all over the world right now with toilet paper, right? So we're having like a toilet paper bubble right now, but it's also going to crash. It's only a matter of time because it all moves in cycles. So after every, I think, already extended, you know, cycle of of upside expansion from from the industry from uh, from stocks, okay. Um, for since since two thousand nine, uh, recovery till till the very recent days. When you compare that, okay, we would this is actually the third like since the very second third millennium that we started in two thousand. Uh, it was it was the first one to okay two thousand two thousand two thousand and one recovery after the crash over uh, all the way over two thousand and eight two thousand and nine. Then we are here two thousand nineteen when all. Oh, all I would say, or maybe not all, but majority of of big, you know, company CEOs just step down from their CEOs positions. Okay, so it only happens when they know what's what's cooking and when they know what's what's going on with the industry. Uh, and uh, I think they they make good decisions. I think they make good money on it already. Okay, because stocks are talking like like a heavy rock. And uh, yeah, I think there's much much more pain to come. Yeah, I would I would have to agree on that. I think I think there's definitely much more pain to come and, and we're going to feel it for a while. I mean, these industries are shut down. You talked about the transportation and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the airlines shutting down, the cruise ships shutting down. I mean, China didn't ship products for months. Um, yeah, we're going to see, you know, massive shortages, massive price increases. Um, in addition, the whole world is going to change because... I think the whole world is realizing like, oh man, I can't believe we're 100% dependent on China. That's not right. And so the world's going to start changing all the manufacturing hubs and distribution lines. And that's going to come not over a period of time, but abruptly. And so that's going to cause more pain. Um, we're going to have massive shock. I mean, and I don't know how it is in Poland, but in America, the average person can't come up with 400 bucks for an emergency, much less live for two or three months without pay. Um, so, you know, we're going to see that happen. Are you, are you having any specific country perhaps that you're talking about, like moving, moving the manufacturer stuff from, uh, you know, from all over from China to, I don't know, Europe? Is there any, any, any country you would perhaps look for, uh, for potential investments right now? I, th I think, I think the biggest one is going to be India. I think India is going to be probably the big beneficiary. Um, they yeah, it's have, kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. They have, uh, they have a ton of people. And uh, I think, and it's super, super cheap labor. So I would imagine India might be the big, the big, big beneficiary. I think, uh, I think, you know, lots of Asia though, still, right? Philippines or uh, whatever. So I think, I think there's still potential there, but I think a lot of it needs to come back onshore. Like the U.S. needs to get a lot more manufacturing back in its, back in the U.S. I think most of it is trying to get almost everything out of China and then probably not go back to one place because see how dangerous it is having everything in one place. So get everything out of China and then get it in, you know, four or five places, a little bit more decentralized, including back on shore. And so, and like I said, we're going to see that abruptly, not over time. So that's going to be supply shock. So it's going to be worse before it's going to be better. The problem is as an investor, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to play this market because the wild card is like, it's easy to go, okay, we see that happening, right? But the Fed's ready to dump in $30 trillion right now. Like, where are they going to put it? 
Are they going to buy Microsoft stock? Because Microsoft could pump. You know, what they're probably going to do is they're going to buy the, in, you know, the, the weightings of the indexes and drag those indexes up. But we don't know. Like, and so there's like that wild card that's out there. So even though companies aren't making any money and that should crush their stocks, well, the Fed just jumps in and buys their stocks. So it's like, how do you invest in that? Yeah, you can, you can also just watch the press conferences from Trump, I think, office, and it should be, you know, still, still pretty much of a gamble and, and money-making machine. Uh, based uh, referring to what you were saying, uh, I don't know if you. I'm I'm actually quite sure you 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 noticed what was going on with every press conference that Trump s- stuff behind him was uh, was creating, right? So I, I love the sticker that the P is like whenever Dow, whenever uh, whenever Trump is speaking. Uh, this this Dow Jones Dow Jones sticker that that just keeps growing up from the moment that he starts talking, right? <laughs> and, and, and and keeps growing until until he finishes. So. That's pretty much like insane, and we are accusing, you know, crypto of being one big pop dump. But if you think about it, it's pretty much the same all over the place. <laughs> Carl Icahn recently came out and said that his largest position by far is shorting commercial real estate. Mark, I wanted to follow up with you. Are there any other sectors of the market that you're keeping your eyes on, pressure points or barometric indicators for greater health of the economy? I mean, I'm just looking at the overall indexes. Uh, I think, you know, also like... Like uh, he was saying, just kind of watching what Trump's saying, right? We're trying to, we're we're trying. To, there, there's two things, right? We're trying to like look at the overall economy to see where what sectors are going to be dropping. Um, so obviously, you know, looking at like travel, tourism, you know, anything like that, like live events, like Live Nation, which puts on all the events in the U.S., they lost like 1.6 billion dollars in a day, right? So look, like you're just looking for all the sectors that are going to be affected. So anything that uh, rest like restaurant chains going to be massively affected. Right. Uh, But then you're trying to counter that with, well, where's the fed going to put their stimulus? You know, overall, um, it's a pretty dangerous market to be investing in. Uh, It's, it's super dangerous. Um, I think for, you know, for me, and I think for probably like the average type of investor, um, you know, they could just kind of look at like the market more broadly and like look over a long, longer term, like, you know, it's going to be going down. Uh, but, you know, the reason why everyone's going to cash is because cash is the safest place to be right now. The same question specific to your region of the world. You know, the case in Poland is I believe we are very, we're very strongly dependent on, on the United States, on the European Union. And obviously dependency, like unlimited dependencies never a good way to go for any country all around the globe and uh because this only you know grows the tensions right and um having said that i believe i mean we recently we recently actually just decreased our interest rates to i believe it was one percent right by 0.5 uh percentage point which is actually just right now the lowest probably in history the interest rate so talking of you know talking on of of recent you know, years, uh, tendency to put even the negative interest rates. I think such insanity may become pretty much like more and more popular. Okay. I'm I'm not going to say that I expect Poland to go for negative interest rates all over here. Well, definitely the condition right now that, um, like one thing is, one thing is just rejecting the thought of, uh, because this is the fact that some countries pretty much like reject the idea of recession coming okay some some countries would not really um appear to agree or 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 approve or um or admit that the recession is just happening okay and i think poland sadly is uh is 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 one of such countries 
which is pretty much sad, okay? Because first thing is uh, the information going, okay? When when you when you're not making people aware of what's going on, obviously, uh, it, it would sooner or later reflect that more or less negatively, I think. Uh, but current state, current state is kind of like uh, declining the fact that we are uh, in a recession, right? Based on 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 our uh, ministers, right? On our ministries, and um, at least from the world, from from what they were saying on, on the press conferences. So this is not hundred percent the way I would love it to see. That that goes without saying, okay? Because when everything is crashing all around, you are not really getting anywhere with saying that we are all good, right? If you know what I mean. Um, so the cases with uh, with you know with small small enterprises with small companies. Um, they are for for the virus. Everything is pretty much like closing down. It's obvious, right? So the only the only food restaurants, you know, um, that are there, they're operating only on the takeaway business right now, takeaway model. Um, it's obviously you know just hitting hard for all the all the logistics on all the um, transportation. Obviously, as we've already discussed, so we are kind of in a situation right now that. You know, the gross domestic product is very unpredictable right now for Poland. There are many, many speculations over uh, being it, you know, f- negative, both, as, and both as, 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 as well as positive from many, many different institutions. Some, some institutions would say that they, they expect gross domestic product to be for, for, for the next year or for this year. Uh, and, and the next then the year after to be about like 3% or 2%. Uh, the others would say about one or one point five. The others would would continue with with uh, minus one point five percent on top of that, right? So it's all craziness right now. It's all pure madness. Nobody pretty much is knowing what what the heck is going on. And uh, and to be fair, um, I agree with 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 Mark saying that being an investor right now in all this you know pivoting economy, global economy pivoting in the historical direction i believe uh is never the safest way to go right you, you make money as a trader on trends you make money for where the where the where the pot is going just as mark said and uh right now we don't really know where the pot is and that's the entire problem right now yeah that's a great point and it, it makes me think of a quote i have a bunch of quotes <laughs> but uh you know everybody knows uh go for it Everybody knows uh, Warren Buffett, obviously, but uh, his partner, Charlie Munger, uh, has so many great quotes. And Charlie Munger says that the big money is not made in the buying and selling. It's made in the waiting. And so um, a lot of times you're just trying to wait um, for the opportunity. So like what you were just saying, uh, we don't know where the puck is. So let's wait and see. Let's wait for that trend, as you said. And then we get in, right? So it's like... Um, for the average person, it's a pretty dangerous market. So unless you're really good with you know risk management and reading these markets and you're on it on a regular basis, um, a good idea might just be to kind of wait, uh, wait for the dust to settle, wait for a trend to develop, and then jump in. Uh, like Charlie Munger says, wait, um, and then and then go big. And and Warren Buffett talks about it where like if every investor only had 20 moves, you only had 20 investments in your whole career, your whole life. Think of it like that. Only 20 moves, uh, you would be much more uh, successful. He talks about it like in baseball. You don't have to swing at those pitches. You can just wait until you get the pitch you want. So 
Um, I think if people kind of looked at the market like that, they'd probably feel a lot calmer and have a lot more success. I, I, I can personally relate to that. You know, I'm a big fan of Warren Buffett. I agree he, he's having, you know, many, many great quotes, right, that I'm using personally uh, on a day, day-to-day basis. And uh, it's just amazing how humble this guy is at the same time. That, that goes without saying. While, um, while you know, uh, back, back to the second for, for what I was mentioning about the GDP, right? I was talking, I was mainly referring to the growth rate over the GDP, for, for the percentage wise but the point that i was sharing is that it is such extremely unpredictable and unprecedented uh situation not only in poland but i believe like all over the world that not really the greatest financial institutions the greatest you know um like simply financial services are able to 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 commit to to provide like reliable reliable data over over the next years right because we are we are at the pivot point, and as as I said, I only hope I only hope it just won't escalate escalate to to any any further and more drastic moves than than you know beyond the economic beyond economic tools right and or government uh, approach on that, and this applies this applies to to not only Poland but to 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 every every single corner of the world right now the cases. I got super interested. I got super interested for I don't know, Mark, if you if you've seen a recent a recent interview with Warren Buffett uh, from I believe it was CN- CNBC, right? Interviewing him, uh, but he said like a couple of good couple of good points definitely on that. And one of the main conclusions was that people, which which emphasizes what what you already said that people would always chase for money, but with regard to the safety of dollar, right? So with, I'm, I'm relating slowly and pivoting over the, to, the, to the Bitcoin matter that we still have not really discussed over uh, too many. But I would personally love to hear a couple of thoughts perhaps about, about uh, from you, Mark, about uh, the, you know, any, any medium time frame or, or high time frame Bitcoin projections, like, do you, do you say we are really going for all time highs or you think that you shared the sentiment for Bitcoin of being completely dead right now? Yeah, great, great uh, question. And, and, you know, we should definitely talk about Bitcoin. Uh, that's why we're all together here. Um, so, you know, the first thing I'll just say that I don't like to make predictions or guesses. I like to talk about probabilities. And it's kind of like how the CIA looks at threats, right? Um, these are potential threats. Um, if this were to happen, this, this, and this needs to happen. But if this was going to happen, this, this, and this has to happen. So we look at Bitcoin and probabilities. So uh, I don't want to predict. I'm not trying to uh, predict the future. I don't have a crystal ball, but we'll talk about probabilities. And so um, I already kind of hinted to the fact that, um, you know, the Fed is increasing their money supply at a rate we've never seen before. Um, we know that um, the money supply from 1913, um, uh, w- from 1913 was at $7 billion, and in 2018 it was $1.5 So that's how fast the money supply has increased. And we're about to see, I would guess in the next 12 months, $20 trillion created just by the U.S. Um, so we're going to see unlimited money creation, and at the same time, Bitcoin will um, decrease its monetary supply. And so uh, what I see happening, and we're already seeing this like in China, uh, well, we've been seeing it for the last decade where the world, the, the, the banks, the governments, the powers that be want to get rid of cash. 
they want you locked into the financial system. And this is the way that all empires uh, proceed. The final stages of any empire is what they call capital controls. They want to control the capital. They want you locked into the financial system. And so they've been trying to get rid of cash for a long time because they don't want you to have an option. They don't want you to be able to pull your money out of the bank. As long as they can control your capital in the bank, they can do whatever they want with it, including taking part of it. So we saw that in Cyprus a couple years ago, they did what's called a bail-in. So when the banks went broke, they just took money from all the depositors. Australia just recently passed a law that allows them to do bail-ins. And as long as they can keep your money, they can do that. And so um, we're seeing them trying to get rid of cash and go all digital, and they're using this virus as a perfect opportunity. In China, they've been collecting all the cash off the streets, and the reason why? It's dirty. It's dangerous. It passes viruses. Burn the cash and just use digital Um, And so all of these actions, and the reason why I had to set that stage is all these actions, the money printing, the taking away of other options, only further the need and the use case for Bitcoin, right? They're doing the marketing for us. So they're taking away all our other options to get out of the financial system. The only other option we'll have is going to be Bitcoin, and we're going to we're going to see that at the exact same time they're printing trillions of dollars multiplying the money supply by, you know, 10 times while the monetary supply of bitcoin is going down. In addition, if they do start to do more bail-ins as I said, and you could have bitcoin that's unseizable, unmanipulatable, you know, uh, not not they're not able to confiscate it. Uh, imagine how strong that's going to be. So all this that's happening, everything that they're doing in response to this crash, what the, the central banks are doing, is only going to further the use case of Bitcoin. So because of everything that's going on, I am way more bullish. I'm extremely bullish on Bitcoin because it's going to be the only option. Okay. That being So you're s- saying no ripple. Uh, de- de- <laughs> definitely no, definitely no ripple. Now, now that being said, that being said, how do I see this playing out? Now, do I think buy, rush out and buy Bitcoin right now because it's going to go straight to the moon? No. Um, Bitcoin and gold are both falling in price because everyone's rushing to liquidity. Everyone's rushing to the dollar. Um, you know, we talk about Bitcoin being a store of value, which I do believe it will become a store of value, but that doesn't mean it is today. It's still, a, in my opinion, it's still a speculative asset. It's still a volatile speculative asset, but that doesn't mean it's always going to be that, right? So, um, potentially and, and probabilities, right? P- potentially it looks like, you know, they're going to print $20 trillion. They're going to start buying stocks directly. We've seen that. I've been studying that last night. Um, the way they're doing it is basically the hedge funds are buying the stocks and then they're giving them the money back for it. So we're going to see massive money move into the stock market. They're going to try and pump that back up, but it's probably going to fail and then crash again. And so we might see Bitcoin, you know, right now it's on a pump as we're, as we're doing this, uh, it's up, you know, I don't know, 6,500-ish or whatever. Uh, it could potentially crash again into the three or 4,000 range. I don't know. Um, but that's short term. Longer term, when you start looking out a year from now, two years, three years, five years from now, I do believe that Bitcoin becomes that, that store of value, that monetary uh, escape, right? That plan B, as, as we like to call it. Um, so, so long term, I do think that in the short term, is it going to go from 6,000 to 3,000 to 4,000 to 8,000? I don't really know. But longer term, I do believe in it uh, because of all those reasons that I've stated. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mark. And for the reasons you mentioned as well, what I'm just so surprised by is the escalated timeline of it all. I, for one, did not see the escalated inflation rate of the USD or other central bank issued currencies. And um, it only seems like that escalation curve is going to continue at an ever more dizzying pace. My uncle, if you're listening, I've been trying to get him to a dollar cost average by a very small portion of his portfolio into uh, Bitcoin. And I do think that the herd is coming with even just a small fraction of retail investment portfolio in Bitcoin, you know, be it a fraction of a percent of their portfolio. I think that it becomes at some point a self-fulfilling prophecy because with the current market cap being so minuscule, you know, people are looking for outsized returns to mitigate their losses. Losses they experienced in equities markets, and it doesn't take you know much of a whiff for Bitcoin to catch fire in these kind of circumstances. Steve, if you're listening, get you some Bitcoin. That's hilarious. I really hope I really hope Steve gets some Bitcoin. Me too, man. He deserves it. Steve, you deserve Bitcoin. You got our support, man. Guys, we've had a, a, a tremendous uh, discussion here today, and, and I'm going to have a time titling this because we've covered so much and given so much value to our listeners. Regarding the crypto market, in addition to Bitcoin, are there any other projects as a fundamental analyst that you're really bullish on or that you're really excited about what they're going to deliver to the market? For different reasons, there's different things. I think uh, ultimately it's it's really all about Bitcoin for me. Um, I also like to follow Ethereum because I believe what they're doing on this whole decentralized finance uh, world is is super important. Um, so I think there's some some something to be had there potentially. Um, but really, it's all about Bitcoin for me. Um, as an investor, you know, once in a while, do I want to try and take a couple flyers on a couple little coins? You know, sometimes. Um, but I, I, I don't. I don't believe any of them are going to ever usurp Bitcoin because of its unique properties. And and I've done videos about this. So, um, yeah, really, it's just just about Bitcoin for me. I want to give you a chance to leave our listeners with summaries or final thoughts. Adrian, why don't we start off with you, man? What, what would you like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, sure thing. So first of all, I would definitely suggest you go and subscribe to Mark's, Mark's uh, YouTube and podcast uh, that he's that he's actively uh, bringing to, to to our all notice. I think like there are not many as knowledgeable guys as as Mark out there sharing their their thoughts ideas uh, for free. So make sure you go rush and and, and subscribe. So that's that is my main first suggestion that I would like our listeners to to, to follow. At the same time, I um, I really um, I really support uh, what what Mark shared with with Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson's uh, quote, right? So everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, and I agree with that myself. I mean, I, I myself, you know, um, I, I do box. I I'm I'm not professional box boxer, right? I'm not doing professional boxing, but uh, I do martial arts too. And I think that that relates so straightforward, that corresponds so straightforward with your actual life uh, with regard to your finance, right? So make sure, first of all, um, to have a plan, okay? That's, that's the first part. Without having a plan, um, you're simply just going in the dark, not having really any horizon in front of you. But even if you get punched in your face, right? Uh, the case is to reevaluate your plan and to grow, to grow, grow the experience. And the more the experience, the more experience you grow over the time, the more, um, the more successfully you would be able to adjust, to adapt, the faster you adjust and adapt to to actually profit 
and utilize uh, whatever life offers to you, like offers you in financially, for example. Um, so definitely have a plan and have a backup plan, have a plan B, right? And uh, another thought, another thought is definitely uh, that I would like to, to, to leave you all with is uh, to have a long-term perspective, right? The, the greatest money, the greatest wealth is just being made by patience and by consequence. Like Warren Buffett is not the type of, you know, scalper. He's not just sitting in his basement, like sculpting like a gen degenerate, like 100 times leverage on, on 12, 12, hours, uh, 12 hours a day or 20 hours a day uh, on, on, you know, $20 range of Bitcoin, okay? But he's he made his money on, on, on real stocks. He made his money on Coca-Cola. He made his money on Amazon. And uh, as my, as far as I'm concerned, with all with all his ventures, okay, he's very patient, and it's only the time that brings and proves the interesting value of, of some companies, of some equities. And uh, I wouldn't be, uh, I would be a liar if I if I say that I'm not getting interested in in this money that that the recession would offer to us, right? And I am interested, and I will make sure to uh, to reach out with my hand for. Uh, for all the opportunities that this recession would bring and you have you still have some time you still have some time to learn to back up your knowledge and get ready for potential lifelong wealth being generated very soon that's my final thoughts mark what about you man you have uh, such a wealth of knowledge and is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with yeah, those were all great points that I could definitely second on. Definitely long-range perspective, and that's kind of where I talked about Warren Buffett said, if you only had 20 trades in your whole life, right? So think about the long-term perspective. And then back to kind of the boxing analogy, um, you know, if you ever watch a boxing match, like, they get punched a lot, right? But they have their guard up. So they're, they're practicing risk management, right? Don't take that knockout shot. Um, you're going to take little hits. That's okay. Keep your guard up, practice risk management, and then you deliver the blows. And so kind of as an investor, um, especially right now, make sure you're managing your risk, um, allocations, position sizes, stop losses, learn how to use all those things. Um, super, super important. Keep trying to make some wins, uh, protect your losses, um, and stay focused on the long term. This isn't going to end quickly, um, but there's going to be a lot of money to be made if you, if you play it right. Right on. I think that you two have said it better than I could. So uh, I will leave our listeners with that. Mark, Adrian, I want to thank you both again for being on with us today. And to our listeners, stay frosty out there and you will ride this thing out. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining this episode of The Nest Show. We invite you to connect with our guest on Twitter, where Mark Moss can be reached at one Mark Moss. Burb is at CryptoBurb, and I am at BenjaminT1717. Additionally, Mark Moss's other materials can be found on YouTube at video.marketdisruptors.io slash YouTube. And this podcast series can be found at links.onemarkmoss.com. If you've appreciated the depth and breadth of what you've heard with us today, subscribe to our podcast and find our landing page at theburbnest.com. We have a vibrant Discord community which acts as our central hub of operations, and we welcome you to join us at theburbnest.com slash discord. We also offer an extensive free bulletin on emerging crypto market trends, exclusive undervalued gem reports, and in-depth expert technical and fundamental analysis at theburbnest.com slash bulletin.
We always appreciate engagement from our community, which of course means liking the video and subscribing to our page, where we insist on bringing you the highest quality content available. Also, we're happy to incorporate tips and topics from our listeners and encourage you to email us at thenestro at thebirdnest.com. This podcast is brought to you by The Burb Nest. Thank you and trade on.